drive to create things. You're a writer, a photographer, a musician, a maker. You're ready to make things happen. But chasing creative isn't always easy. Your time and energy go to your work, your family, and your life. Is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday? Here at the Chasing Creative Podcast, we believe you can. We're everyday creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen. I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and a work-at-home mom of two. I would love to devote more time to creative writing, journaling, and blogging. And I'm Abigail Creeves, a writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm also a work-at-home mom who is just beginning to learn the ropes of balancing a baby and everything else. And you are listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. Welcome to episode three of season four of the Chasing Creative Podcast. It's Ashley here to remind us about what we're doing this week, which is something a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Last week and this week, Abby and I decided to share a day in each of our lives so that you can see how we fit creativity and writing and reading and all those other things that are important to us into days that are rather full with other necessary things like work and keeping our children alive. So last week, I shared a day in my life, and this week, it's Abby's turn. I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to say because I think she's got some great lessons that can bring perspective on how you treat your own creative life and maybe how you find those margins and those spaces in your own days for the creative. So let's hear from Abby about a day in her life. When Ashley and I challenged ourselves to do episodes featuring a day in our own lives, I was, and still am, a little skeptical as to how I would pull it off. A year ago, I was six months pregnant, working full-time with a long commute, and in the process of building a house. And now I'm working for myself from that house with a six-month-old. So life looks very, very different than it once did, even just six or eight months ago. And I'm still really settling into it, both mentally and physically. Most of the time, I still don't feel like I have a typical day, but yet I'm constantly doing the same stuff over and over again, which seems like it should be typical, but doesn't seem to be. When we started brainstorming for this season, my son Arthur was just about three months old, and he and I were still figuring each other out. We're both a little further on down the line now that he's six months, and I feel like we finally have fallen into a good rhythm. It's not a schedule, as nap time still varies very much day to day, but it's a pretty good rhythm, which is leaps and bounds better than a couple of months ago when I was pulling my hair out because I couldn't ever seem to get anything done and was constantly behind myself, I felt. As Ashley said last week when she talked about her day in the life, when you stay at home with kids and your job, every day has the potential to look extremely different from the last. I've never really known a statement to be more true. Some days do stay the same. A lot of my day is predictably spent nursing a baby. There's always laundry to fold. I have to eat a few times a day, whether it's on the to-do list or not. And I have to get something work-related done most days too, even on the weekends. So most days I get work stuff done while Arthur naps. On a good day, he still takes three naps, a longish morning one, a shorter midday one, and a really short late afternoon nap. 
As soon as he goes down, I find myself racing frantically, trying to get everything done that I can as fast as possible. And I think that is probably the cry of new moms everywhere. I basically have divided the kinds of things I need to do into three categories. These are things I can do while Arthur is nursing, things I can do while he is awake and kind of playing happily by himself, and things I can really only do while he's sleeping and I have two free hands and undivided attention. You can imagine that that last category has the most stuff in it and is the smallest amount of time. So I can check and respond to email on my phone while he's nursing. Um, Short emails, nothing long form or that involves a lot of creative thought or even kind of business savvy. So I can kind of respond to friends and family or check Facebook messages and kind of keep up with communication that way, which helps Then I don't have to spend my nap time doing that. Um, I can also read on my iPad while he's nursing, which is really, really nice. It gives me a little bit of a chance to get a good book or two in each week without having to have like dedicated set-apart time to read. I can fold laundry and unload the dishwasher and do other household tasks while Arthur is awake and playing nearby. He gets a kick out of watching the cupboard doors open and close, so that's a plus. Um, Anything that kind of can engage him while he's kind of chilling on his play mat or sitting in his little seat. Um, I try to do those things while he's awake and happy. And I can really only focus on work, whether that's creative work or client work, when he is asleep. As often as possible when he's sleeping, I am at my desk getting stuff done, Um, which a lot of the times means ignoring household tasks that haven't been done, ignoring the laundry, ignoring the dishwasher that's clean but full. Um, I try to really limit his sleeping time to doing things that I cannot do while he is awake. So with those three things in mind, here is kind of a typical day at our house. Scott wakes up early for work, and since most days I wake up when his alarm goes off, it makes sense to go ahead and start the day. This is usually around 5.30 in the morning. I'll get up and I'll nurse Arthur in his dark room, the noise machine still running, and slip him back into bed. And he usually goes back to sleep for a couple of hours. Sometimes, confession, I do too, because I'm still catching up on all of those sleepless nights from those newborn days. Other days, I go ahead and get up and get the day started. I'll eat breakfast, pour a cup of coffee, sort through email, get started on some work stuff. And then I'll usually wake Arthur up around 7.30 if he's not already up himself. He tends to wake up anytime between 6.30 and 7.30. I will feed him, and then we hang out and play. He's at his absolute happiest in the morning, so I try to take advantage of it and get lots of giggles out of him. Um, It's really hard sometimes to tell myself to ignore things when he's so happy to play by himself and just hang out with him, but I feel like I'm probably never going to regret those moments that I sat down and rolled around on the floor with him. So he goes back down for his first nap still about an hour and a half after he gets up, so it's a pretty short span of time, and I shouldn't feel too guilty about spending it with him rather than getting work done. So once he goes down for nap one, I start working on my to-do list. I'll toss diapers or laundry in the wash and sit down on my computer to dive into an hour or so of uninterrupted work. This is his longest nap time, so I really try to get things that I have to get done today worked into this little period of time. This could be client work, it could be stuff for the podcast, any projects of my own. It really kind of depends where deadlines are falling at the moment. Beginning of the week is a little more client heavy, and as things get done, I get to work on more fun stuff as the week progressive progresses. It's kind of an incentive to work fast, I guess. 
Once Arthur wakes up, which is anywhere from an hour to two hours, he eats again, and I usually grab a snack. While the weather is still nice, which isn't very long here in the upper Midwest, we'll take a laundry outside, and he can watch me hang on the lawn on the line that we have strung up on our deck. He's super observant these days, but still not mobile, which I feel is a really sweet spot. He's entertained by everything, and I'm not yet chasing him places. And I know that day is coming soon, so I'm trying to savor it while I can. We hang out. We work on our rolling over skills. I'll fold laundry, prep diapers while I sit with him, or lay him on a blanket in the kitchen to watch me unload the dishwasher. I can do a lot of those basic housework tasks while he's up and watching. And once he goes down for nap number two, about two hours after he wakes up from nap number one, I get a little more work done. This might entail making a shopping list or returning phone calls, and it's usually more computer work, either on client stuff or podcast work, or even just cleaning out my inbox because I haven't gotten to it yet. When he wakes up, he eats again, again. Uh, Nursing moms know that drill. So depending on what time it is, Scott might be close to getting home, which often means all three of us will walk down to our mailbox together. It's about a half a mile. We have a really long driveway. So if we make the trip there and back up the hill that is our driveway, I feel like it's been a really good walk and worthy of being called exercise for the day. Because honestly, that's all the exercise I get these days. Sometimes we'll go a little further down the road, but we live in the middle of nowhere. We don't have sidewalks. We can't really get too far in any one direction. If we leave the house to run any errands or go to any doctor's appointments, I try to plan them for this chunk of the day in between nap two and nap three. It takes about 30, 35 minutes to get to Madison, which is kind of where any decent grocery store or a Target or our doctor's office is. So this can make it challenging to get anything significant done in that really short two-hour window that Arthur is awake. So once he wakes up, I feed him and we get on the road and we're usually already into that two, two and a half hour wake time by the time we get to town and make like one run through the grocery store. So I try to get what we need to get done in less than an hour and then plan for his last nap of the day to be in the car on the way home. In the car, I try to listen to podcasts so it feels like a productive use of time. If I really, really need Arthur to nap well, I'll turn on the radio to white noise too. That's a baby sleep hack for you all, born out of necessity because I wound up with a child who hates to sleep. Uh, If we're home, that last nap of the day is kind of when I start prepping dinner or if that's already done or it's something that doesn't require a lot of work, I can use this time to wrap up any last minute projects that I have to get done that day or that I want to get done that day so I don't have to think about it in the next morning. Sometimes I might even let myself just sit down and read a book. This last nap is really only about 30, 45 minutes. So it's a pretty short time in the grand scheme of things and goes far too fast, whether I'm working on something to cross off my work list or even just unwinding a bit. Once Arthur is up from that last nap, it's really a countdown until bedtime. I feed him and he gets to hang out with Scott while I get supper ready or mostly ready. And then it's bath time and pajamas and bedtime stories and then into his crib he goes. Scott and I finish making dinner, and a lot of times we will eat dinner um, in front of the TV, which is maybe a really bad habit, but it's kind of the only time we get to sit and unwind and chat about our day or kind of both zone out at that point and watch some television. Uh, Sometimes Scott even heads back outside to finish up a project, and I might even hop onto the computer for some uninterrupted work time for an hour or so after dinner. If we had errands that we ran that day, I'll usually do a quick run around the house and pick things up, fold laundry, 
just kind of get everything reset for the next morning so I don't wake up to a house that looks like it has undergone a small windstorm, which somehow happens even though it's just me at home all day and Arthur doesn't actually make messes yet. This is also the time that Ashley and I usually hop on Skype to record any podcasts. As Arthur's been sleeping better and better at night, I'm not as exhausted at the end of the day that I can't use this time to do something more than just shower and collapse into bed myself. And that has been really, really nice to kind of get to the end of the day and not and, and still have some kind of gas left for the end and some energy and some desire to do anything other than just take care of my most basic needs and curl into bed. So somewhere between 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, I'll quietly pull Arthur out of his crib and nurse him one last time before I call it a night myself, which pretty much means that I end every day like it began, sitting quietly with a baby in the dark which is really, really great for ideas. I find that I have a really a lot of great ideas while I'm sitting there and can't do anything. Um, not so great for the actually executing any of those ideas. So hopefully that starts being more of a reality as the days go by. So my days don't really leave me a lot of time at the moment to work on much in the way of creative projects. And I've really had to make peace with that. Um, I'm very type A, I'm an INTJ as far as Myers-Briggs goes, and I really like to-do lists, and I like knowing that the next day is going to look the same as the day before, or even knowing what the next day is going to look like, and I really don't right now, which is hard for someone who doesn't like change, because life changes every day right now. So I just keep telling myself that this is kind of a season of life, and that as Arthur grows, as he gains independence, and then once again, as our family expands again, things are just gonna change, and I just have to be okay with that and know that someday I will get more done in a day, but today is not that day. Tomorrow is probably not that day either. So my naptime career is really letting me stay home and avoid paying for childcare, which is a big deal, as well as avoid a lengthy commute five days a week. When I was still working full-time, it was an easy 45 minute drive, but now that we're getting into winter, which is Wisconsin's best season, of course, uh, my 45 minute drive was often an hour or an hour and a half, and that's just one direction. Um, So it's really nice to be able to not leave the house every day and spend that time sitting in a car. I'm definitely not getting through as many podcasts as I used to, um, but I think it's kind of a small price to pay for not having to fill up my gas tank as often either. So I'm really lucky that I have the option to stay home, um, even though I never in a million years imagined that the words like, we won't chew on the cat would be part of my vocabulary. There's a lot of things I say now that I never thought I would do, and my son can't even keep up an actual conversation. So there's that to look forward to. Uh, So even though there are very, very, very small pockets of time to get any work done these days, I really find myself getting everything that has to be done, done. Um, Sometimes even with a little extra time to spare. I know Ashley and people like Elise uh, Kripe, who we had on the podcast uh, last season, um, and moms everywhere told me that when you are a mom, you are more efficient than you have ever been in your life. And I can absolutely say that is true. So even if there's not a lot of time to be had, I'm finding that I have enough time to spend working, working on this podcast, and even writing a little bit in the margins. 
Um, I managed to pull out my camera more and more these days, which makes me really happy. Um, there was uh, the first couple of months after Arthur was born, I really didn't do anything beyond exist, um, which Ashley had warned me would happen. And I'm really glad those days are gone. Um, so if any of you out there have new babies and are just wondering if you will ever be a real person again, the answer is yes, it will happen. It may take a lot longer than you want it to, um, but you will, you'll have, you'll have creative ideas and you'll have creative thoughts and you'll have time eventually to make those happen again. We promise. I can really see a future now where I will be able to work on more real, exciting, creative projects again, and I'm betting that that is going to be when I am more consistently well-rested and not quite so tied down to nap times and feeding schedules. And I know this is going to happen like really, really gradually until one day I look up and my kid doesn't nap anymore and I'm sad about it. So that is what life looks like here these days. It's a simple kind of exciting, one where I get to see Arthur learn each day and I get to learn a lot alongside of him. It's exhausting and it's rejuvenating all at the same time, which I think can be said of the life of any creative person, whether you have kids or don't, whether you're single or married or if you're an empty nester. I hope this little glimpse into how I do life might help you find a little extra time in your day to be creative. It's Ashley here again. I just wanted to stop by at the end of this episode to recap some of my favorite takeaways from Abby's day in a life, and I think there are a lot. It sounds like Abby has learned a lot as being a new mom for the last couple of months, and I was really excited to hear some of her perspective on how to make creativity fit into a day that's really busy with all things baby. Um, I really like what she said at the beginning about how if we really think about it, many of us don't have a typical day. So even if you're not living a life with little kids, how often do those small things come up that seem to throw your day off track, whether you need to run an unexpected errand or one of your kids is sick and you have to you know, stay home with them from school or maybe your car breaks down and there are these little things that happen in life that kind of just throw us off. And I think Abby's perspective about working within a rhythm rather than a rigid structure can be really helpful to seeing a framework of our days. And one thing that I noticed that was a common theme between both Abby's day in the life and mine is that sometimes work, whether that's actual work for clients or a nine to five job or your creative work is only possible if you choose to sacrifice other things, which for us tends to be housework. <laughs> but for you, it could be something else. It is a good question to ask yourself is if I really want to make time for creative things in my life, is there something I'm doing right now that I need to let go of and that I need to sacrifice or at least maybe only do it like 80% of the way instead of that extra 100% and then give that extra time and space and mental energy to your creative pursuits. I think that's a really important question for people to be considering in their own lives. I also think there's something to be said for getting a good night's sleep like Abby mentioned. Um, if you don't have the energy to get through your day or if you're feeling groggy and just not your full self, you are going to have a really difficult time getting through those basic tasks that need to get done and then moving on to the creative work that is important to you. 
And even if you do find time to get to the creative work, it's probably not going to be at your best if you are very tired. And I can speak from experience in saying that caffeine can help you pretend to reach that level of alertness, but there is a huge difference between getting a full restful night of sleep and relying on little caffeine boosts all day long just to make it through the day. So if you can at all get a good night's sleep and even ration your energy, a couple things Abby said really had me thinking about you know, making use of your energy and your time in the best way you can so that in the evening you can do restful things that are actually rejuvenating to you and that help you generate ideas rather than just collapsing and vegging out in front of the TV at night. I really enjoyed that she had a focus on that so that she's not just so done at the end of the day that she doesn't have any mental energy left for every for anything else. I also liked what Abby said about making peace with where you're at. So I think we all go through seasons, especially those of us who have little kids, but even if we don't, there are always going to be seasons of either this is a busy season at work or it's just a stressful time with your family or maybe you've got some health issues going on that you need to be focused on. And there are always going to be those ebbs and flows of right now I'm not able to do as much creative work and okay, now I have time to execute on some of my ideas and take action on that stuff. And I think there's really something to be said for what Abby said about making peace with where you're at, rather than wishing your situation was different. There is no ideal scenario for being creative, even though we often probably think there is. I think we all kind of have that mental image of like Ernest Hemingway writing in the cafes of Paris with, you know, he spent his mornings writing and then he went out with all these other literary people, and it seemed like such an ideal life, but that had its hurdles and its challenges as well. And I think if you look at history, all of the great writers and other creatives have had their own seasons and their own scenarios to overcome, and we just need to be embracing the season that we're in right now and making the most of it as far as the creative work goes, and then knowing that maybe if we're at a time where we are not able to do as much active creating work as we want to, that that day will come eventually where we do have space and time for that again. And whatever little bit we can do right now still counts and getting stuck in a negative mindset or telling ourselves over and over, oh, I don't have time for that, but I wish I did. That's not helping anybody. So that is probably my favorite takeaway of Abby's day in the life is to just embrace the season that you're in and to know that eventually things will be different. It's just a season. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. So I hope you have gained some insight from hearing about Abby's day in the life. And we will see you back next week to talk about a very relevant topic to our day in the lives, how Abby and I waste extra time in our days. We will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Creative podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by ChasingCreative.com to check out the show notes, catch up on past episodes, and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Creeves or at Brooks Editorial, or by using the hashtag ChasingCreative on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to help us bring this podcast to life each week, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chasing creative. 
And if you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at chasingcreativepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go chase your creative.